everybody? All right. The sound system's working. I love it. And the, I, this is not in my notes. And I got to tell you, that's always scary because I'm not sure it, if it's of the Holy Spirit when it's not in my notes sometimes if I go rogue. But haven't the Olympics been awesome? Seriously. I'm serious. There's a, and, the, and the backstories to some of these folks have been great. And I love the way the swimmers uh, track. Uh, gymnastics, you know how they loosen up? I feel like i got to do that in terms of preaching. You know how they... <laughs> I think I just ripped my coat. <laughs> I think I did. I think I blew it out in the back. But uh, listen, it's great to be with y'all again. Uh, it's been about five weeks since I have uh, been here in the Commons, and there's just a lot of energy and you know we're in the, in the uh, series called Baggage Check, and we've gotten a great response to that. We really have. I mean, you've been very reflective. Uh, you've shared with us that it struck a chord with many of you, and uh, we really believe that's the Holy Spirit at work in your life and in the church. And so uh, we want to continue with that. And, and some of the affirmations that we've made, um, one is, is this, that we're on a journey uh, life is a pilgrimage, um, and we feel great about the destination, but along the way it can get a little, a little bumpy, uh, it can feel a little full, and part of that is because uh, while we may have taken some essentials, there is some unnecessary baggage that we have taken along the way. Uh, whether we intentionally collected it, and it's become a, a burden for us, or if it's just circumstantially, uh, it, it just, it's just gathered, kind of like hoarding, but on a road trip, uh, and, and it's there. Uh, one guy was telling me after the service today that he and his wife went to Hawaii a couple years ago to celebrate their anniversary, and they had like seven suitcases. That's a little much for me. And he said one of them was packed with shoes. And he said, none of them were my shoes. And so sometimes we over pack. And, and what happens is that excess baggage puts us kind of in a, a prison of deception. Uh, we're, we're held captive by that, ex, that uh, excess, and, and it's used against us. It's kind of like that parrot that was in the, uh, the store, and the guy walked in, he saw the parrot, and the parrot said, hey, come over here. And the guy, he'd been in the store once or twice, never really noticed the parrot. He walks over, he said, man, this thing can talk. And the parrot said, you are one ugly dude. Said it to the customer. The customer, rightfully so, was offended, went back to the manager and said, look, you've got this offensive bird. I mean, that's not helping. Um, I mean, I've been here a couple of times, and, and that's over the top. And he said, I'll take care of it. So he goes over to the parrot, the owner of the business, and he smacks his beak a couple of times, and he rips out a couple of feathers and says, you don't ever say that again. I don't want to ever hear that again. And so the man, the customer, kept looking around, the, and the parrot said, come on over here. And he said, what? He said, you know what? you got to think about it a little bit. Um, 
And, and there are voices in our head that says, you know what? You're not worthy, baggage. You know what? You don't measure up. You know what? If there's a wrong way to do it, you'll find it every time. So my prayer is that we're being freed up from the you know what the satanic voices that are in our head sometimes so today what i'd like us to do is take a look at deuteronomy chapter 34 but before we do that let's pray god i thank you that you continue to do a good work in us and there are times where we feel like in the journey is much getting done. But I thank you that you have promised that that good work that you began in us will be brought to completion. And so speak through me and, and this entire service as we share in communion, as we worship together. And help us to be mindful of your refining and completing process, even in the face of the loss. Amen. All right, I'm going to read the first four verses of Deuteronomy. Deuteronomy means the second giving of the law. Uh, but really, more importantly, this is where Moses is on his last mountaintop experience on earth he's he's kind of saying goodbye uh, to the earthly life and to the people of God then Moses climbed Mount Nebo from the plains of Moab to the top of Pisgah across from Jericho and there the Lord showed him the whole land from Gilead to Dan the Nephele the territory of Ephraim and Manasseh and all the land of Judah as far as the Mediterranean Sea, the Negev, and the whole region of Jer the Valley of Jericho, the city of Palms as far as Zor. Then the Lord said to him, This is the land I promised on an oath to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob when I said, I give it to your descendants. I have let you see it with your own eyes, but you will not cross over into it. I have let you see it with your own eyes, but you can't go there. Maybe you've had that kind of sadness touch your life. Maybe there's a sense of loss for you today or a sense that you're not going to see the fruition or the completedness of maybe something that you've invested in. I was coming back from Ecuador. I actually did student teaching in Ecuador when I was in college. And there were multiple stops on the flight back. And I remember this as clear as it is today. I got off the flight. I was in Atlanta. And I was exhausted. It was a red eye. And I was tired and frustrated. And so I go to the baggage claim. And that obnoxious buzzer sound and light goes off and this conveyor belt moves and people are kind of ready to move on and they grab their bags and I'm waiting and I'm waiting and fewer bags are there 
and then finally all the bags are gone and mine doesn't show up. And I got to tell you, I was frustrated. I was exhausted. And so I went to the airline attendant that's there at the desk, not far away from baggage check. And I said, look, I've got a claim ticket. I, I, I don't see my luggage. She went over to her terminal. And, you know, they have to deal with the general public. Those folks are going to be canonized as saints one day because she had to deal with me. And, and so she's typing it in. And she says, oh, we've got it. It's in Dallas. In Dallas, yes. Lost luggage. Uh, maybe that's the way that feeling of loss that Moses felt. I mean, think about Moses and, and his timeline and how he was uh, a prince in Egypt and, and then uh, Mount Sinai and the giving of the law and he was called by a burning bush the voice of God and 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 he goes and becomes a shepherd uh, at one point and life is comfortable he sees manna fall from the sky water runs from the stream battles he was victorious and the people were victorious and all of that work and he had an altercation he in a fit of passion, in a weak moment, he struck a rock twice. And I don't know, I, I feel like he was angry at God probably at that moment and what he called those stiff-necked people. And it, and it just doesn't seem fair, does it? I mean, as we look at the scripture, the punishment doesn't really match up with the crime in some ways. I mean, as we think about it, look, Moses is a good guy, and he's, he's had a lot of integrity. Okay, he blew it in a weak moment, but now he stands at Mount Nebo. All those other Mount Horeb and Sinai, but Mount Nebo, God says, you can see the land, but you cannot enter it. And there must have been a myriad of emotions for Moses at that point. One was loss and not being able to see something finished that you really gave yourself to and being affected by that. <clears throat> maybe, maybe there's some in here where uh, you remember at a younger age, your mother and your father sat down and they introduced you to a word and it was divorce. And there was a feeling of loss, that you would not put the name mother and father together with a conjunction in the same way. They would have a different address. Or, or maybe you felt like, hey, I've been the bridesmaid at every wedding, but never the bride. Or maybe you've gotten that phone call in the middle of the night that says, there's been an accident and you need to come to the hospital feeling of loss, dashed dreams. Or maybe a supervisor called you in and said, look, you've been loyal to the company, you've been faithful, but we're re-engineering. We are downsizing and your position is going away. Feelings of loss. Or maybe a person, maybe you've 
given of yourself and you had dreams uh, for a particular person and you saw good things but because of the mistakes they made there's a grief because everything has changed and, and I just wonder if Moses struggled with that same kind of grieving moment at Mount Nebo well where, where is the hope where, where is the possibility of something redemptive here? And, and I want to say there is. A couple of things happened for Moses. And one was, I, I really want to believe that in that moment, he was close to death, and he's watching these people that he has poured his life into enter a promised land. And I, I really believe at that moment he began to see the bigger picture. Uh, God's perspective. That he was part of the process. And it really wasn't all about him. But it was about God's plan for God's people. And he was a key player. And so think about that for a minute. When Paul writes in the New Testament, the Apostle Paul writes... I planted, he's talking about churches, I planted, Apollos watered, but God brings the increase. Now for me, that's a healthy understanding of the church and growth. And I, and I think about how the Lord has allowed me to serve in a variety of different places. And God has helped me to celebrate that no one of those places was my church, that I was simply part of his plan. And I can see where maybe I didn't enter into certain things with them, but God used me. And I really believe that God uses you as part of his plan. Even though it's not all about you, God is using you in something beautiful, something awesome. And so one of the things I believe was a dawning revelation for Moses was he got it. It wasn't just about him. I mean, Joshua was ready. He was the warrior. And Moses was kind of old, man. I mean, 120 years, that's old. And Joshua was ready. And he had raised up Joshua, and those people were entering in. The second is this. What Jeremiah writes in Ecclesiastes, I believe, was written upon the heart of Moses. It says in Ecclesiastes that eternity is written upon the heart of men and women. Think about that a minute. That God has made everything beautiful in its time, it says in Ecclesiastes, and God also set eternity in the human heart Yet no one can fathom what God has done from beginning to end. In other words, Moses was beginning to see, but he wasn't seeing a complete picture. But he could see how he was part of a process that was part of a much bigger plan, and a spirit, a paradigm, if you would, of eternity had been written upon his heart. I really believe that is true for all of us, that God has written eternity into our hearts. That's why we're a little restless in this life. Because this life really is not our home. 
And so when there is a restlessness within us, there may be a lot of contributing factors, but one of those may be that we are homesick for something eternal. Now we're in a journey, going back to that, and we feel good about that destination. And, and I think part of that, that restlessness points us to that, which is a great thing. Because what happens is this. It says, now this is really a beautiful scripture. It says, he watched, he saw the land from, from Nebo, and he was there by Mount Pisgah, and he could see that it was unbelievable. It was a land flowing with milk and honey. It was awesome. He wasn't going to be able to enter into that promised land. And then it says that the Lord, in some versions, the Lord buried him. Think about that a minute. That God, in a precious way, doesn't say that about everybody, buried Moses. Now, I don't know what that means, but it was a special funeral. And then in the New Testament, this is why I think Moses had eternity written upon his heart. Because at the Mount of Transfiguration, when Jesus was, was with James, Peter, and John, his close inner circle, the heavens opened up. It says that Jesus was glorified, and the Father said, This is my beloved Son in whom I'm well pleased. Listen to him. Uh, Peter, James, and John were wowed. And Elijah showed up. And who else? Moses. That is awesome. What that says to me is while he was disappointed, he had to be disappointed that he did not enter into Canaan. There was a bigger promised land waiting for him. We can make peace with the fact that some things will never be figured out in this life. Some answers will never come to the questions we have. But we have a faith, a trust, in a character. You know, when you could put your faith and trust in the character of somebody you believe in, you know your, their plans for you are good, right? And we can have that faith and trust in a living God, in Jesus Christ, knowing that his will is good for us. Ultimately, while we may be in this world and while there may be suffering, I can trust the character of God because he is good even when things aren't finished, even when sentences aren't complete in this life. Because eternity has been written upon, thank you, Solomon, eternity, he has been written upon my life. And so that helps me. It really does. The proverb says, hope delayed makes the heart sick. Can you relate? In other words, waiting is tough for that completion. But what happens while waiting may be more important than what we're waiting on. But that waiting is hard. And maybe there's been some loss in your life. Maybe there's been a sense of incompleteness. I want to say to you, God is still at work. 
his work is for our good in this life and in the next. Wow, there's my alarm. But listen, they'll appreciate it over there. Um, this week I had a conversation with somebody that uh, was going to go visit with his mother-in-law and, and his wife, the daughter of the mother-in-law, um, was concerned about her mother. She had been diagnosed with blood cancer. Uh, she's older. And the daughter said, I know my mother... I know my mother has a relationship with God, but I really, I really would like for you to have a conversation with her about death and the fear of death and what's on the other side. And, and so my buddy Wes went uh, to his mother-in-law and he called her by that term of endearment, the grandmother name, and said, you know, Grandmama, I know that you've invited Christ into your heart. And, he said, and she said, yes, I have. On a couple of occasions, I've invited him into my heart and you know what the doctors are saying are you afraid and she said you know I'm not afraid of death I'm really not I'm just going to miss you all so badly I want to be able to see my grandkids and my great-grandkids be able to graduate and get married and have their own children I'm going to miss some of the things that are the, my dream for you, my dreams for your family and my friends. I'm going to miss the people I love around me. But then she said, and this is where eternity is written upon her heart, but I'm excited about who I'm going to see. And she listed off her deceased husband. She listed off a sibling. She listed off a friend that had outrun her to heaven. Maybe today is Mount Nebo where you're standing. And it's a place where you, you feel like you've had a real loss. I want to say that God enters into that loss with you. Well, the good news, listen to this, the good news is this. There was a bang on the door. I opened the door there was a delivery service, and they said, we found your luggage. Here it is. Now, it looked like a gorilla had played with it, but it was there. And it all came to completion. And God will bring to completion what he's doing in your life. Let's pray together. God, I thank you. is a paradise to our hearts. You're filling all the world with light. You're making every wrong thing right. You're waking up the dead to life. It's in your love. God, you're always breaking through the dark, breaking into lives and healing hearts. Your love is torn the veil. Your love 
eternal fire. Your love is an eternal fire. A jealous and a pure desire. Strong enough to be the sacrifice. Set us free. You have taken our sins away. You have risen and you won the day. God, you have broken every bond and chain. It's in your love. God, you're always breaking through in the dark. Breaking into lives and healing hearts. Your love is torn to fail. Your love will never fail. Your love is making all things new. God, you're always breaking through in the dark. Breaking into lives and healing hearts. Your love is torn to fail. Your love will never fail. Your love is making all So we lift up one voice, we lift up one voice, we sing and we shout for joy. So now we are yours, yes, our hearts are yours, you
Hey, everybody. All right. The sound system's working. I love it. And the, I, this is not in my notes. And I got to tell you, that's always scary because I'm not sure it, if it's of the Holy Spirit when it's not in my notes sometimes if I go rogue. But haven't the Olympics been awesome? Seriously. I'm serious. There's a, and, the, and the backstories to some of these folks have been great. And I love the way the swimmers uh, track. Uh, gymnastics, you know how they loosen up? I feel like i got to do that in terms of preaching. You know how they... <laughs> I think I just ripped my coat. <laughs> I think I did. I think I blew it out in the back. But uh, listen, it's great to be with y'all again. Uh, it's been about five weeks since I have uh, been here in the Commons, and there's just a lot of energy and you know we're in the, in the uh, series called Baggage Check, and we've gotten a great response to that. We really have. I mean, you've been very reflective. Uh, you've shared with us that it struck a chord with many of you, and uh, we really believe that's the Holy Spirit at work in your life and in the church. And so uh, we want to continue with that. And, and some of the affirmations that we've made, um, one is, is this, that we're on a journey uh, life is a pilgrimage, um, and we feel great about the destination, but along the way it can get a little, a little bumpy, uh, it can feel a little full, and part of that is because uh, while we may have taken some essentials, there is some unnecessary baggage that we have taken along the way. Uh, whether we intentionally collected it, and it's become a, a burden for us, or if it's just circumstantially... Uh, it, it just, it's just gathered, kind of like hoarding, but on a road trip, uh, and, and it's there. Uh, one guy was telling me after the service today that he and his wife went to Hawaii a couple years ago to celebrate their anniversary, and they had like seven suitcases. That's a little much for me. And he said one of them was packed with shoes. And he said, none of them were my shoes. And so sometimes we over pack. And, and what happens is that excess baggage puts us kind of in a, a prison of deception. Uh, we're, we're held captive by that, ex, that uh, excess, and, and it's used against us. It's kind of like that parrot that was in the, uh, the store, and the guy walked in, he saw the parrot, and the parrot said, hey, come over here. And the guy, he'd been in the store once or twice, never really noticed the parrot. He walked over, he said, man, this thing can talk. And the parrot said, you are one ugly dude. Said it to the customer. The customer, rightfully so, was offended, went back to the manager and said, look, you've got this offensive bird. I mean, that's not helping. Um, I mean, I've been here a couple of times, and, and that's over the top. And he said, I'll take care of it. So he goes over to the parrot, the owner of the business, and he smacks his beak a couple of times, and he rips out a couple of feathers and says, you don't ever say that again. I don't want to ever hear that again. And so the man, the customer, kept looking around, and the, and the parrot said, come on over here. And he said, what? He said, you know what? you got to think about it a little bit. Um, 
And, and there are voices in our head that says, you know what? You're not worthy, baggage. You know what? You don't measure up. You know what? If there's a wrong way to do it, you'll find it every time. So my prayer is that we're being freed up from the you know what the satanic voices that are in our head sometimes. So today what I'd like us to do is take a look at Deuteronomy chapter 34. But before we do that, let's pray. God, I thank you that you continue to do a good work in us. And there are times where we feel like in the journey is much getting done but I thank you that you have promised that that good work that you began in us will be brought to completion. And so speak through me and, and this entire service as we share in communion, as we worship together. And help us to be mindful of your refining and completing process, even in the face of the loss. Amen. All right, I'm going to read the first four verses of Deuteronomy. Deuteronomy means the second giving of the law. Uh, but really, more importantly, this is where Moses is on his last mountaintop experience on earth. He's, he's kind of saying goodbye uh, to the earthly life and to the people of God. Then Moses climbed Mount Nebo. From the plains of Moab to the top of Pisgah, across from Jericho, and there the Lord showed him the whole land. From Gilead to Dan, the Nephele, the territory of Ephraim and Manasseh, and all the land of Judah, as far as the Mediterranean Sea, the Negev, and the whole region of Jer the valley of Jericho. The city of Palms, as far as Zor. Then the Lord said to him, This is the land I promised on an oath to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, when I said, I give it to your descendants. I have let you see it with your own eyes, but you will not cross over into it. I have let you see it with your own eyes. But you can't go there. Maybe you've had that kind of sadness touch your life. Maybe there's a sense of loss for you today or a sense that you're not going to see the fruition or the completedness of maybe something that you've invested in. I was coming back from Ecuador. I actually did student teaching in Ecuador when I was in college. And there were multiple stops on the flight back. And I remember this as clear as it is today. I got off the flight. I was in Atlanta. And I was exhausted. It was a red eye. And I was tired and frustrated. And so I go to the baggage claim. And that obnoxious buzzer sound and light goes off. And this conveyor belt moves. And people are kind of ready to move on. And they grab their bags. And I'm waiting and I'm waiting, and fewer bags are there, 
and then finally all the bags are gone and mine doesn't show up. And I got to tell you, I was frustrated. I was exhausted. And so I went to the airline attendant that's there at the desk, not far away from baggage check. And I said, look, I've got a claim ticket. I, I, I don't see my luggage. She went over to her terminal. And, you know, they have to deal with the general public. Those folks are going to be canonized as saints one day because she had to deal with me. And, and so she's typing it in. And she says, oh, we've got it. It's in Dallas. In Dallas, yes. Lost luggage. Uh, maybe that's the way that feeling of loss that Moses felt. I mean, think about Moses and, and his timeline and how he was uh, a prince in Egypt and, and then uh, Mount Sinai and the giving of the law and he was called by a burning bush, the voice of God, and, and, and he goes and becomes a shepherd uh, at one point, and life is comfortable. He sees manna fall from the sky. Water runs from the stream. Battles, he was victorious, and the people were victorious. And all of that work and he had an altercation. He, in a fit of passion, in a weak moment, he struck a rock twice. And I don't know. I, I feel like he was angry at God probably at that moment and what he called those stiff-necked people. And it, and it just doesn't seem fair, does it? I mean, as we look at the Scripture the punishment doesn't really match up with the crime in some ways. I mean, as we think about it, look, Moses is a good guy, and he's, he's had a lot of integrity. Okay, he blew it in a weak moment, but now he stands at Mount Nebo. All those other Mount Horeb and Sinai, but Mount Nebo, God says, you can see the land, but you cannot enter it. And there must have been a myriad of emotions for Moses at that point. One was loss in not being able to see something finished that you really gave yourself to and being affected by that. <clears throat> maybe, maybe there's some in here where uh, you remember at a younger age, your mother and your father sat down and they introduced you to a word and it was divorce. And there was a feeling of loss that you would not put the name mother and father together with a conjunction in the same way. They would have a different address. Or, or maybe you felt like, hey, I've been the bridesmaid at every wedding, but never the bride. Or maybe you've gotten that phone call in the middle of the night that says, there's been an accident. And you need to come to the hospital. Feeling of loss. Dashed dreams. Or maybe a supervisor called you in and said, look, you've been loyal to the company. You've been faithful. But we're re-engineering. We are downsizing. And your position is going away feelings of loss or maybe a person maybe you've 
given of yourself and you had dreams uh, for a particular person and you saw good things but because of the mistakes they made there's a grief because everything has changed and, and I just wonder if Moses struggled with that same kind of grieving moment at Mount Nebo well where, where is the hope where, where is the possibility of something redemptive here? And, and I want to say there is. A couple of things happened for Moses. And one was, I, I really want to believe that in that moment, he was close to death, and he's watching these people that he has poured his life into enter a promised land. And I, I really believe at that moment he began to see the bigger picture. God's perspective. That he was part of the process. And it really wasn't all about him. But it was about God's plan for God's people. And he was a key player. So think about that for a minute. When Paul writes in the New Testament, the Apostle Paul writes... I planted, he's talking about churches, I planted, Apollos watered, but God brings the increase. Now for me, that's a healthy understanding of the church and growth. And I, and I think about how the Lord has allowed me to serve in a variety of different places. And God has helped me to celebrate that no one of those places was my church, but I was simply part of his plan. And I can see where maybe I didn't enter into certain things with them, but God used me. And I really believe that God uses you as part of his plan. Even though it's not all about you, God is using you in something beautiful, something awesome. And so one of the things I believe was a dawning revelation for Moses was he got it. It wasn't just about him. I mean, Joshua was ready. He was the warrior. And Moses was kind of old, man. I mean, 120 years, that's old. And Joshua was ready. And he had raised up Joshua, and those people were entering in. The second is this. What Jeremiah writes in Ecclesiastes, I believe, was written upon the heart of Moses. It says in Ecclesiastes that eternity is written upon the heart of men and women. Think about that a minute. That God has made everything beautiful in its time, it says in Ecclesiastes, and God also set eternity in the human heart Yet no one can fathom what God has done from beginning to end. In other words, Moses was beginning to see, but he wasn't seeing a complete picture. But he could see how he was part of a process. It was part of a much bigger plan. And a spirit, a paradigm, if you would, of eternity had been written upon his heart. I really believe that is true for all of us, that God has written eternity into our hearts that's why we're a little restless in this life because this life really is not our home 
And so when there is a restlessness within us, there may be a lot of contributing factors, but one of those may be that we are homesick for something eternal. Now we're in a journey, going back to that, and we feel good about that destination. And, and I think part of that, that restlessness points us to that, which is a great thing. Because what happens is this. It says, now this is really a beautiful scripture. It says, he watched, he saw the land from, from Nebo, and he was there by Mount Pisgah, and he could see that it was unbelievable. It was a land flowing with milk and honey. It was awesome. He wasn't going to be able to enter into that promised land. And then it says that the Lord, in some versions, the Lord buried him. Think about that a minute. But God, in a precious way, doesn't say that about everybody, buried Moses. Now, I don't know what that means, but it was a special funeral. And then in the New Testament, this is why I think Moses had eternity written upon his heart. Because at the Mount of Transfiguration, when Jesus was, was with James, Peter, and John, his close inner circle, the heavens opened up. It says that Jesus was glorified, and the Father said, This is my beloved Son in whom I'm well pleased. Listen to him. Uh, Peter, James, and John were wowed. And Elijah showed up. And who else? Moses. That is awesome. What that says to me is while he was disappointed, he had to be disappointed that he did not enter into Canaan. There was a bigger promised land waiting for him. We can make peace with the fact that some things will never be figured out in this life. Some answers will never come to the questions we have. But we have a faith, a trust, in a character. You know, when you could put your faith and trust in the character of somebody you believe in, you know your, their plans for you are good, right? And we can have that faith and trust in a living God, in Jesus Christ, knowing that his will is good for us. Ultimately, while we may be in this world and while there may be suffering, I can trust the character of God because he is good even when things aren't finished, even when sentences aren't complete in this life. Because eternity has been written upon, thank you, Solomon, eternity, he has been written upon my life. And so that helps me. It really does. The proverb says, hope delayed makes the heart sick. Can you relate? In other words, waiting is tough. For that completion. But what happens while waiting may be more important than what we're waiting on. But that waiting is hard. And maybe there's been some loss in your life. Maybe there's been a sense of incompleteness. I want to say to you, God is still at work. 
his work is for our good in this life and in the next. Wow, there's my alarm. But listen, they'll appreciate it over there. Um, this week I had a conversation with somebody that uh, was going to go visit with his mother-in-law and, and his wife, the daughter of the mother-in-law, um, was concerned about her mother. She had been diagnosed with blood cancer. Uh, she's older. And the daughter said, I know my mother. I know my mother has a relationship with God, but I really, I really would like for you to have a conversation with her about death and the fear of death and what's on the other side. And, and so my buddy Wes went uh, to his mother-in-law and he called her by that term of endearment, the grandmother name, and said, you know, Grandmama, I know that you've invited Christ into your heart. And, he said, and she said, yes, I have. On a couple of occasions, I've invited him into my heart. And you know what the doctors are saying. Are you afraid? And she said, you know, I'm not afraid of death. I'm really not. I'm just going to miss you all so badly. I want to be able to see my grandkids and my great-grandkids be able to graduate and get married and have their own children. I'm going to miss some of the things that are the, my dream for you my dreams for your family and my friends. I'm going to miss the people I love around me. But then she said, and this is where eternity is written upon her heart, but I'm excited about who I'm going to see. And she listed off her deceased husband. She listed off a sibling. She listed off a friend that had outrun her to heaven. Maybe today is Mount Nebo where you're standing. And it's a place where you, you feel like you've had a real loss. I want to say that God enters into that loss with you. Well, the good news, listen to this. The good news is this. There was a bang on the door. I opened the door. There was a delivery service, and they said, we found your luggage. Here it is. Now, it looked like a gorilla had played with it, but it was there. And it all came to completion. And God will bring to completion what he's doing in your life. Let's pray together. God, I thank you. is a paradise to our hearts. You're filling all the world with life. You're making every wrong thing right. You're waking up the dead to life. It's in your love. God, you're always breaking through the dark, breaking into lives and healing hearts. Your love is torn the veil. Your love 
eternal fire. Your love is an eternal fire. A jealous and a pure desire. Strong enough to be the sacrifice. Set us free. You have taken our sins away. You have risen and you won the day. God, you have broken every bond and chain. It's in your love. God, you're always breaking through the dark. Breaking into lives and healing hearts. Your love is torn to fail. Your love will never fail. Your love is making all things new. God, you're always breaking through the dark. Breaking into lives and healing hearts. Your love is torn to fail. Your love will never fail. Your love is making all So we lift up one voice, we lift up one voice, we sing and we shout for joy. So now we are yours, yes, our hearts are yours, to ransom this Breaking into lies and healing hearts. Your love is torn to fail. Your love will never fail. Your love is making all things new. Cause you're always breaking through the dark. Breaking into lies and healing hearts. Your love is torn to fail. Your love will never fail. Your love is making all things new. Your love is making all Lord, that, that as deep as you let us go, Father, there's always a greater depth, Lord. There's always more of you. There's always more love and more grace and more faith that you give us. God, we love you and we're thankful for you. We trust you. Amen. You have a seat. Thank you, Al, for your
everybody? All right, the sound system's working. I love it. The, I, this is not in my notes, and I got to tell you, that's always scary because I'm not sure it, if it's of the Holy Spirit when it's not in my notes sometimes if I go rogue. But haven't the Olympics been awesome? Seriously. I'm serious. There's a, and, the, and the backstories to some of these folks have been great. And I love the way the swimmers uh, track. Uh, gymnastics, you know how they loosen up? I feel like i got to do that in terms of preaching. You know how they... <laughs> I think I just ripped my coat. <laughs> I think I did. I think I blew it out in the back. But uh, listen, it's great to be with y'all again. Uh, it's been about five weeks since I have uh, been here in the commons, and there's just a lot of energy and you know we're in the, in the uh, series called Baggage Check, and we've gotten a great response to that. We really have. I mean, you've been very reflective. Uh, you've shared with us that it struck a chord with many of you, and uh, we really believe that's the Holy Spirit at work in your life and in the church, and so uh, we want to continue with that. And, and some of the affirmations that we've made, um, one is, is this, that we're on a journey uh, life is a pilgrimage, um, and we feel great about the destination, but along the way it can get a little, a little bumpy, uh, it can feel a little full, and part of that is because uh, while we may have taken some essentials, there is some unnecessary baggage that we have taken along the way. Uh, whether we intentionally collected it, and it's become a, a burden for us, or if it's just circumstantially... Uh, it, it just, it's just gathered, kind of like hoarding, but on a road trip, uh, and, and it's there. Uh, one guy was telling me after the service today that he and his wife went to Hawaii a couple years ago to celebrate their anniversary, and they had like seven suitcases. That's a little much for me. And he said one of them was packed with shoes. And he said, none of them were my shoes. And so sometimes we over pack. And, and what happens is that excess baggage puts us kind of in a, a prison of deception. Uh, we're, we're held captive by that, ex, that uh, excess, and, and it's used against us. It's kind of like that parrot that was in the, uh, the store, and the guy walked in, he saw the parrot, and the parrot said, hey, come over here. And the guy had been in the store once or twice, never really noticed the parrot. He walked over. He said, man, this thing can talk. And the parrot said, you are one ugly dude. Said it to the customer. The customer, rightfully so, was offended, went back to the manager and said, look, you've got this offensive bird. I mean, that's not helping. Um, I mean, I've been here a couple of times, and, and that's over the top. And he said, I'll take care of it. So he goes over to the parrot, the owner of the business, and he smacks his beak a couple of times and he rips out a couple of feathers and says, you don't ever say that again. I don't want to ever hear that again. And so the man, the customer, kept looking around and the, and the parrot said, hey, come on over here. And he said, what? He said, you know what? you got to think about it a little bit. Um, 
And, and there are voices in our head that says, you know what? You're not worthy, baggage. You know what? You don't measure up. You know what? If there's a wrong way to do it, you'll find it every time. So my prayer is that we're being freed up from the you know what the satanic voices that are in our head sometimes so today what I'd like us to do is take a look at Deuteronomy chapter 34 but before we do that let's pray God I thank you that you continue to do a good work in us and there are times where we feel like in the journey is much getting done but I thank you that you have promised that that good work that you began in us will be brought to completion. And so speak through me and, and this entire service as we share in communion, as we worship together. And help us to be mindful of your refining and completing process, even in the face of the loss. Amen. All right, I'm going to read the first four verses of Deuteronomy. Deuteronomy means the second giving of the law. Uh, but really, more importantly, this is where uh, Moses is on his last mountaintop experience on earth. He's, he's kind of saying goodbye uh, to the earthly life and to the people of God. Then Moses climbed Mount Nebo. From the plains of Moab to the top of Pisgah, across from Jericho, and there the Lord showed him the whole land. From Gilead to Dan, the Nephele, the territory of Ephraim and Manasseh, and all the land of Judah, as far as the Mediterranean Sea, the Negev, and the whole region of Jer the valley of Jericho. The city of Palms, as far as Zor. Then the Lord said to him, This is the land I promised on an oath to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, when I said, I give it to your descendants. I have let you see it with your own eyes, but you will not cross over into it. I have let you see it with your own eyes. But you can't go there. Maybe you've had that kind of sadness touch your life. Maybe there's a sense of loss for you today or a sense that you're not going to see the fruition or the completedness of maybe something that you've invested in. I was coming back from Ecuador. I actually did student teaching in Ecuador when I was in college. And there were multiple stops on the flight back. And I remember this as clear as it is today. I got off the flight. I was in Atlanta. And I was exhausted. It was a red eye. And I was tired and frustrated. And so I go to the baggage claim. And that obnoxious buzzer sound and light goes off. And this conveyor belt moves. And people are kind of ready to move on. And they grab their bags. And I'm waiting and I'm waiting, and fewer bags are there, 
and then finally all the bags are gone and mine doesn't show up. And I got to tell you, I was frustrated. I was exhausted. And so I went to the airline attendant that's there at the desk, not far away from baggage check. And I said, look, I've got a claim ticket. I, I, I don't see my luggage. She went over to her terminal. And, you know, they have to deal with the general public. Those folks are going to be canonized as saints one day because she had to deal with me. And, and so she's typing it in. And she says, oh, we've got it. It's in Dallas. In Dallas, yes. Lost luggage. Uh, maybe that's the way that feeling of loss that Moses felt. I mean, think about Moses and, and his timeline and how he was uh, a prince in Egypt and, and then uh, Mount Sinai and the giving of the law and he was called by a burning bush the voice of God and 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 he goes and becomes a shepherd uh, at one point and life is comfortable he sees manna fall from the sky water runs from the stream battles he was victorious and the people were victorious and all of that work and he had an altercation he in a fit of passion, in a weak moment, he struck a rock twice. And I don't know, I, I feel like he was angry at God probably at that moment and what he called those stiff-necked people. And it, and it just doesn't seem fair, does it? I mean, as we look at the scripture, the punishment doesn't really match up with the crime in some ways. I mean, as we think about it, look, Moses is a good guy, and he's, he's had a lot of integrity. Okay, he blew it in a weak moment, but now he stands at Mount Nebo. All those other Mount Horeb and Sinai, but Mount Nebo, God says, you can see the land, but you cannot enter it. And there must have been a myriad of emotions for Moses at that point. One was loss and not being able to see something finished that you really gave yourself to and being affected by that. <clears throat> maybe, maybe there's some in here where uh, you remember at a younger age, your mother and your father sat down and they introduced you to a word and it was divorce. And there was a feeling of loss, that you would not put the name mother and father together with a conjunction in the same way. They would have a different address. Or, or maybe you felt like, hey, I've been the bridesmaid at every wedding, but never the bride. Or maybe you've gotten that phone call in the middle of the night that says, there's been an accident and you need to come to the hospital feeling of loss, dashed dreams. Or maybe a supervisor called you in and said, look, you've been loyal to the company, you've been faithful, but we're re-engineering. We are downsizing and your position is going away. Feelings of loss. Or maybe a person, maybe you've 
given of yourself and you had dreams uh, for a particular person and you saw good things but because of the mistakes they made there's a grief because everything has changed and, and I just wonder if Moses struggled with that same kind of grieving moment at Mount Nebo well where, where is the hope where, where is the possibility of something redemptive here? And, and I want to say there is. A couple of things happened for Moses. And one was, I, I really want to believe that in that moment, he was close to death, and he's watching these people that he has poured his life into enter a promised land. And I, I really believe at that moment he began to see the bigger picture. God's perspective. That he was part of the process. And it really wasn't all about him. But it was about God's plan for God's people. And he was a key player. And so think about that for a minute. When Paul writes in the New Testament, the Apostle Paul writes... I planted, he's talking about churches, I planted, Apollos watered, but God brings the increase. Now for me, that's a healthy understanding of the church and growth. And I, and, and I think about how the Lord has allowed me to serve in a variety of different places. And God has helped me to celebrate that no one of those places was my church, but I was simply part of his plan. And I can see where maybe I didn't enter into certain things with them, but God used me. And I really believe that God uses you as part of his plan. Even though it's not all about you, God is using you in something beautiful, something awesome. And so one of the things I believe was a dawning revelation for Moses was he got it. It wasn't just about him. I mean, Joshua was ready. He was the warrior. And Moses was kind of old, man. I mean, 120 years, that's old. And Joshua was ready. And he had raised up Joshua, and those people were entering in. The second is this. What Jeremiah writes in Ecclesiastes, I believe, was written upon the heart of Moses. It says in Ecclesiastes that eternity is written upon the heart of men and women. Think about that a minute. That God has made everything beautiful in its time, it says in Ecclesiastes, and God also set eternity in the human heart Yet no one can fathom what God has done from beginning to end. In other words, Moses was beginning to see, but he wasn't seeing a complete picture. But he could see how he was part of a process. It was part of a much bigger plan. And a spirit, a paradigm, if you would, of eternity had been written upon his heart. I really believe that is true for all of us, that God has written eternity into our hearts that's why we're a little restless in this life because this life really is not our home 
And so when there is a restlessness within us, there may be a lot of contributing factors, but one of those may be that we are homesick for something eternal. Now we're in a journey, going back to that, and we feel good about that destination. And, and I think part of that, that restlessness points us to that, which is a great thing. Because what happens is this. It says, now this is really a beautiful scripture. It says, he watched, he saw the land from, from Nebo, and he was there by Mount Pisgah, and he could see that it was unbelievable. It was a land flowing with milk and honey. It was awesome. He wasn't going to be able to enter into that promised land. And then it says that the Lord, in some versions, the Lord buried him. Think about that a minute. But God, in a precious way, doesn't say that about everybody, buried Moses. Now, I don't know what that means, but it was a special funeral. And then in the New Testament, this is why I think Moses had eternity written upon his heart. Because at the Mount of Transfiguration, when Jesus was, was with James, Peter, and John, his close inner circle, the heavens opened up. It says that Jesus was glorified, and the Father said, This is my beloved Son in whom I'm well pleased. Listen to him. Uh, Peter, James, and John were wowed. And Elijah showed up. And who else? Moses. That is awesome. What that says to me is while he was disappointed, he had to be disappointed that he did not enter into Canaan. There was a bigger promised land waiting for him. We can make peace with the fact that some things will never be figured out in this life. Some answers will never come to the questions we have. But we have a faith, a trust, in a character. You know, when you could put your faith and trust in the character of somebody you believe in, you know your, their plans for you are good, right? And we can have that faith and trust in a living God, in Jesus Christ, knowing that his will is good for us. Ultimately, while we may be in this world and while there may be suffering, I can trust the character of God because he is good even when things aren't finished, even when sentences aren't complete in this life. Because eternity has been written upon, thank you, Solomon, eternity has been written upon my life. And so that helps me. It really does. The proverb says, hope delayed makes the heart sick. Can you relate? In other words, waiting is tough for that completion. But what happens while waiting may be more important than what we're waiting on. But that waiting is hard. And maybe there's been some loss in your life. Maybe there's been a sense of incompleteness. I want to say to you, God is still at work. 
his work is for our good in this life and in the next. Wow, there's my alarm. But listen, they'll appreciate it over there. Um, this week I had a conversation with somebody that uh, was going to go visit with his mother-in-law and, and his wife, the daughter of the mother-in-law, um, was concerned about her mother. She had been diagnosed with blood cancer. Uh, she's older. And the daughter said, I know my mother... I know my mother has a relationship with God, but I really, I really would like for you to have a conversation with her about death and the fear of death and what's on the other side. And, and so my buddy Wes went uh, to his mother-in-law and he called her by that term of endearment, the grandmother name, and said, you know, Grandmama, I know that you've invited Christ into your heart. And, he said, and she said, yes, I have. On a couple of occasions, I've invited him into my heart and you know what the doctors are saying are you afraid and she said you know I'm not afraid of death I'm really not I'm just going to miss you all so badly I want to be able to see my grandkids and my great-grandkids be able to graduate and get married and have their own children I'm going to miss some of the things that are the, my dream for you, my dreams for your family and my friends. I'm going to miss the people I love around me. But then she said, and this is where eternity is written upon her heart, but I'm excited about who I'm going to see. And she listed off her deceased husband. She listed off a sibling. She listed off a friend that had outrun her to heaven. Maybe today is Mount Nebo where you're standing. And it's a place where you, you feel like you've had a real loss. I want to say that God enters into that loss with you. Well, the good news, listen to this, the good news is this. There was a bang on the door. I opened the door there was a delivery service, and they said, we found your luggage. Here it is. Now, it looked like a gorilla had played with it, but it was there. And it all came to completion. And God will bring to completion what he's doing in your life. Let's pray together. God, I thank you.